Ashley Brock reading Diana Palmer's book, Kano, <laughs> Chapter 4. The puppy had hoped that Cece and his girlfriend would leave without saying anything. She was doomed to disappointment. After he and Edie had finished dessert, he went straight to Peppy's table, dragging the unwilling blonde along with him. Well, hello, Brandon said, smiling at them. How does it feel to finally be through with Roundup, Cece? I'm really sick of it myself, and I've still got two herds to examine tomorrow. It's nice to have a little free time, the older man said quietly. His black eyes were carving up Peppy's face. I haven't laid eyes on you for two weeks, I told her. I wondered if you'd been avoiding me. Peppy was shocked by the sudden attack, as well as by the bit of it as deep voice. She wasn't the only one. Brandon and Edie exchanged glances, questioning glances, too. I haven't been avoiding you, Peppy said, but she couldn't quite make those eyes with the memory of the last conversation between them. You've been out with the men all day and most of the night, just like that. I've had things of my own to do, keeping up with the cooking and helping Wiley organize supplies for the chuck wagon. The Bar M was one of the few ranches that still operated a chuck wagon. The ranch was so big that it wasn't practical to have two dozen men trucking back and forth to the bunkhouse kitchen to be fed. Wiley, one of the older hands, cooked and Peppy helped him keep supplies. You <laughs> usually come out and watch his work. C.C. Per persisted, his eyes narrowing. It was a question and Peppy didn't want to answer it. She tangled her fingers into her napkin. Vaguely aware of Edie's frown as she watched the backpack. I'm overweight, Peppy told him belligerently, glaring up at him. All right, I find it hard to get in the saddle these days. Now are you satisfied? You're not overweight, Cece said shortly. She's a bit, Edie murmured apologetically, taking Cece's arm possessively. We girls are sensitive about those extra pounds, aren't we, Penelope? She added with a dry laugh, especially when it lands around our hips. What hips? Peppy wanted that because Edie looked more like a beanpole than a woman with her exaggerated thinness. The older woman's comments had hurt, and Peppy wished she knew why she ever brought the subject up in the first place and had been clumsy and stupid. Her usual condition when Cece came close this, these days. I think Peppy's just right, Brandon murmured, smiling reassuring her. She suits me. Yeah, Angel, Pepper said, smiling at him. Why isn't your father with you? C.C. asked suddenly, his face gone hard at the way Peppy was smiling at the red-headed veteran. Peppy started, started, her big eyes gaping up at him as if she feared for a sanity. I don't usually take my father on dates, C.C., she said. Tomorrow is his birthday, he reminded her with faint sarcasm, grizzling with bad humor. He hated seeing her with Hal, hated having her avoid him. He felt that it was probably the things he said to her that had sent her running. But deeper still was resentment that she was more than likely sleeping with that clown next to her. The thought of Peppy in another man's bed drove him out of his mind. He'd been short-tempered and unapproachable almost the whole time he was working around her because of the casual way she denied being innocent. God knew how many dreams he had about leaving her of that condition in the most tender way. Now his illusions were shattered and he wanted to make her as miserable as she made him. I know tomorrow is his birthday, Peppy faltered. Brandon and I are taking him to the Deja 
Tyrell parade in the morning. Aren't he, Brandon? She added almost frantic. They weren't talking, taking her father anywhere, but she couldn't bear to tell Cece that she planned was a birthday cake and a nice supper. Not when he was looking at her as if she were public enemy number one and the most ungrateful daughter on earth. That's right, Brandon agreed How again? Cece thought furiously. He lifted his chin and looked down his straight nose at her. He spared Brandon a cold, barely silver. I suppose you'll be grateful that you bothered about his birthday. When the world's come over you, Peppy asked defensively. Was he trying to start a fight for heaven's sake? She stiffened in her chair, aware of Edie's surprise, serenity of her escort. He's had a hard couple of weeks, that's what? Brandon said with a forced smile, trying to relieve the tension. I ought to know. I've been out there most days. Brandon makes everybody bad temper. Peppy Grace looked up at Edie. How are you? I love your dress. This old raggy Edie chuckles. Thanks. I thought it might cheer up my friends here, but it hasn't seemed to do much for me. Oh, hasn't it? Cece, Cece murmured, diverted at last. He glanced briefly at Peppy before he slid a possessive arm around Edie's shoulder and pulled her close. His eyes warm, his voice deep and simple. Come along and I'll see if I can convince you that it has. <laughs> now there's an offer I won't refuse, Edie murmured huskily. Good night, Penelope, Brandon. They murmured their farewells and Peppy refused to watch them walk away. He was her husband. She wanted to stand up and shout it to drag Edie away from him. They were going off somewhere to be alone and she knew what would happen. She could see it in her mind. She drowned her teeth in. Poor thing, Brandon said then. Blue eyes full of concern and sudden everything. So that's how it is. I've been looking out for him for a long time, Peppy said defensively. I'm overly protective. I have to stop it. He's not my chick. And I'm not his mother hen. Well, maybe once a year, but only then. Brandon wasn't buying it. He covered her hand on the table with it. If you really need a shoulder to cry on, you can use mine, said Jen. And if you ever get over him, Thanks, she said, forcing us, Mom. Yes, you know that I can't take you and your father to the parade in the morning. <laughs> yeah, did she know I'm not? Sorry, I don't even know why I said it. He made me mad. I was going to bake my father a cake, that's all. I wouldn't mind hoping to meet it, but I'm going to be out all day tomorrow when old man Reynolds is hurt. He said briefly, I won't be home until after midnight, more than likely. I'll save you a piece of cake. Thanks for pulling my irons out of the fire. You're welcome, Eva. It's not like it's easy to start fights with you in public. Oh, daddy, take you to task over your dad. She couldn't tell him that Cece had been spoiling for a fight ever since she'd gone overboard and lied about her maidenly concern condition. Anyway, it didn't matter. Cece's opinion didn't bother her. Not one bit. Maybe he's just frustrated because he's been away from Edie for two weeks. Maybe he's just frustrated because he's been away from Edie for two weeks. He, he said miserably and felt her heart breaking at the thought of how much lost time he could make up for tonight was his blonde attachment. That's like, it's ever so complicated, Brandon. She said, I managed to get us into a terrible mess. And no, I can't talk about it. Can we go, please? I've got a headache. <laughs> he took her home and she managed to get away without a good night kiss. Cece's apprehension had ruined the evening for her. She hoped to keep him out of her mind for a little while, but fate seemed to have other ideas. She hardly slept. She got up with a dull headache and got worse when Cece came in smiling and looking like a hungry cat with canary feathers sticking out both sides of his mouth. She didn't need a scorecard to know why he was so smug and content. He probably had 
hell of a sweet night with Edie, but while she always suspected what his relationship with the blonde actually was, her feelings overwhelmed her. She glared at Cece with eyes that almost hated him, her freckles standing out from pale, haunting face. What do you want? She demanded testily. His heart of coffee for now and a word with your father before you and the happy vet take him out of town. She told a bold face lie the night before, and now she was standing in the middle of it. Nothing to say. Face slowly flamed scarlet. Black eyes narrowed, pushed back the rim of his Stetson lean against the kitchen counter. His blue striped western shirt, contemplating the darkness of his face and hair and eyes. His powerful leg muscles rippled under tight denims as he shifted his vision. Are you taking him to the parade? He asked, his tone less belligerent than it had been the night before. She shook her head, wiping flour off her hands and dabbing at a steak. A streak of it on the denim skirt that she was wearing with a old tank top. Why did you say you were? He added. She glanced at him angrily. Because you made me sound like a female Jack the Ripper last night as if I didn't care about my own father. His eyes slipped down her body and back up again. A visual touch that made her nerves set up and scream. No man had ever looked at her like that. Essentially, that she felt as if he'd stroked her bare breast. She caught a breath. He trapped her eyes with his, reading her response in them. So she wasn't immune to him. She might be experienced, but she was vulnerable just the same. Faint smile touched his hard mouth. I know you care about your father, he said. I just don't like the amount of time you spend with Hal. Brandon is a clown, he finished for her, his smile. Too irresponsible and flighty for a woman with your depth. He's probably never satisfied you once. What he meant was evident in his tone, and she almost dropped the bag of flour in her haste to put it away. She kept her back to him while she made biscuits, hoping he'd go away. He makes me laugh, she said through her teeth. He came up behind her, his body so close that she could feel the heat and strength of it at her back. Smelled a faint colonial war. She tensed all over, waiting for him to touch her, waiting for his lean hands to bite into her waist jerk her back into his body for the same hands to smooth the ribcage to her full throbbing breast. What are you doing? He asked. Her eyes blinked. He wasn't touching her. She felt his breath on her nap, but he was just looking over her shoulder. That was all. But she was on fire to kiss his hard mouth to touch him. To hold him against her, she had to clench her teeth to still the feverish excitement he created with his proximity. Perhaps he didn't realize how vulnerable she was, and she wanted to keep it that way. I'm making biscuits, heavens. What's that husky whipper really over? And ma'am, I like country ham. Yes, I know. I'm going to fry it with the biscuits. Cook. I'm going to fry it while the biscuits cook. There's coffee on the stove if you want some. I noticed. But he didn't move. She started pinching off biscuits and laying them neatly in the round baking pan in front of her, but her hands were trembling. He was tormenting her. She wanted to scream. She turned her head helplessly and looked up into his eyes, and all at once she knew. That flicker of mocking amusement in his face was enough to convince her that he was all too aware of the effect he had on her. Do I bother you, Peppy? He dropped deliberately, letting his gaze drop to the full part of it. Surely I shouldn't have housed enough for you. Her breath was ragged. She forced her head back down so that she could concentrate on her biscuit. It's easy enough for you, she countered out. Usually, one minute move. Anything with breast is enough for me, he said courtly, angered by her refusal to admit her interest in him. Cece, she burst out, 
twirling his hands to the past her wide hips to the rest on either side of her on the table, effectively trapping her. Her gaze, his gaze was relentless probing. Why don't you don't want me to know that you're attracted to me? Why? This isn't fair, she whispered. I've looked out for you for years. I've done my best to make you comfortable, to help you when I could. Is this any way to pay me back for being your friend? He stared at her. I told you, I don't need a nursemaid. But you've been avoiding me, and I don't like it. I want to know why. And is this how you plan to find out? She asked her voice, wobbling a little. Because his nearness was devastating. It's the quickest way, he replied. You've been backing away ever since that day in the hall. His eyes narrowed to glimpse. In fact, you've been backing away since that night in Juarez. What did I do to you, Pepper? Did I try to make love to you? No! She first told him what happened, he asked. She couldn't tell him she should, but she couldn't. Her eyes were my dress. He said I could probably throw you over my shoulder and carry you out of the bar. She said dully, repeating the blistering insult he threw him. That I was nothing but a tomboy. He didn't remember, but he could see the hurt on her face and that's I was drinking, he said. You know I didn't mean anything I said. No. I thought people always told the truth when they drank because they were uninhibited. He drew also be but what else did I say? That was more than enough. I closed my ears to the rest of it. And that's why you've been avoiding me? He persisted as if it mattered. In fact, it did. He'd been Smarting ever since, hurt by avoidance, has he really been hurt by anything? She hesitated, then she nodded. He bent his head and laid his cheek against her, nuzzling it gently. The silence in the kitchen grew hot with restraint excitement. She could almost hear her own heartbeat. Or was it his? She all but stopped breathing. He smoked alone in tobacco, and his cheek was rough and warm where it lay against her. He didn't try to kiss her, even pour against him, but his face drew slowly against her own, and she felt his thick eyelashes against her cheek, her chin, her soft throat, felt the heat of his tobacco scented breath on her breast. As his forehead rested on her collarbone, and she dropped the bridge of his nose on the bare swell of her breast, where it slowly pushed the fabric out of the way. Peppy, where the hell is the newspaper? Cece lifted his head as her father's voice exploded from the hall. Stared down at her shocked face with narrow eyes and a face like no steel. He edged away from the table, his lean hands at his sides, and his gaze dropped to the dropping neckline of the tank top. With her cold fingers fumbled to adjust. She met Cece's gaze through one long, shattering instant, and then she turned abruptly back to her biscuits, trembling hands, and a heartbeat that shook her. There you are. Morning, C.C., your father said with a chuckle. I found the paper. He had a way with it as he went to the table and sat down. Peppy had already brought it in. Happy birthday, Peppy said with a voice. I'm making breakfast. So I noticed. Do I get cake? Coconut, your favorite, and all your favorite food for supper, said C.C., you can come over and help me eat it. He told the young man, I'm afraid not. C.C. replied, glancing at Peppy's roots, fine. I'm taking Edie to the parade and then down to Juarez to spend the day shopping. Well, you'll enjoy that, I'm sure. Vincent is slowly aware of an odd undercuts in the kitchen. Come with us. You do, Peppy. Yeah, I care. We'll celebrate your birthday in Mexico. He told Ben. Great idea. I haven't taken a day off since I know when. Peppy will enjoy it too. We'll do it. Then tonight, you and Edie can come home with us and have supper. Can't they, Peppy? She was going to die. She knew she was going to die. Thank God nobody could see her face. 
Of course they can, she said to her team. We'll have a lovely time. What else could she say? She wanted after all, it was Ben's birthday. He was entitled to spin it in the way, please. But she was still going up in the flames. But the way CC had touched her, and the thought of watching her with Edie all day made her one to one, screaming into the yard. Just the four of us, CC added as he sat down with a cup of coffee and said, Not how. She's one. Brandon can't come anyway. She's going to be working all day, for most of the night. I thought you liked Brandon, Ben Matthews remarked. I CC curiously. I do, I just don't like him hanging around Peppy. CC replied honestly. He glanced at her right back. She can do better. Ben chuckled. Now the undercurrents began to make sense. He shot a curious look toward his daughter, not missing the flush on her cheeks and the way she fumbled biscuits into the oven. He wondered for a minute what he'd interrupted by bursting into the kitchen. Then Cece asked him a question about the curled cattle he was selling off, and the moment was forgotten. The biscuits went fast. Peppy had to grab to get one of all. One at all, and the ham and scrambled eggs went even faster. You're inhaling it, she accused them. Can I help it if you're the best cook around? CCS innocently. Good cook beats a fashion plate any day. Her father remarked bluntly, Ought to marry this girl, CC, before she takes her pots and pans elsewhere. Dad, Peppy explained, shattered. She went white with horror, remembering that marriage license in her door. Cece frowned. That was an odd reaction for a woman who's been as responsive as she had a few minutes ago. She was acting pretty oddly lately, and he didn't believe it was only because he heard her feelings in horror as... No, there had to be something more. Something had happened that night. He was sure of it, but what? <laughs> I don't want to get married to a good cook or a fashion plate. He murmured absently to Ben, scrolling as he turned his attention back to the biscuit he was buttering. He missed the expression on Peppy's face. Don't you want kids? Ben asked curiously. Peppy could have cried when she saw the way that innocent question affected Cece. Her father didn't know what she knew about the former's past. Have another biscuit, she broke in, shoving the plate in her father's face with a scrowl. He was quick. It was Ben. He realized instantly that he said something. Well... Where's the honey? He demanded. Camouflage in the brief silence. You're eating it all, haven't you? It was my honey. <laughs> it was your apple pie. She threw back. You ate every bit of it and didn't even offer me any. So you can forget the honey. It's mine. She clutched the charter breast and glared at him across the table. Cece was touched by her attempt to protect him. Even now, he watched her quietly, thinking how attractive she was. Extra pounds and all. Come to think of it, she didn't look overweight. She looked just as a woman should. All soft, and rounded, and sweet. He liked her freckles in the way her hair caught fire and burned like bronze and honey in the sun. He liked the way she talked, the way she smelled. He liked a lot of things about her, and it hadn't been for the tormented memories for the wounds of the past. He might have considered marrying her. But no, marriage wasn't something he coveted. It was a part of a life he already experienced. Despite his jealousy of Hal, the other man would probably be better for Peppy than he would. He never should have touched her. Now he was going to have to undo the damage he'd just done by losing his head before Ben walked in. He'd have to play up to Edie to throw Peppy off the track to make sure she didn't get any ideas about him. Friendship was all he had, 
had to offer, and the sooner he made that clear to her, the better. But he was going to have to keep his emotions under control to accomplish that. It went to his head more so every day. He said and done things that he'd never meant to. He deliberately made passes at her. Couldn't understand his loss of control or his sudden fascination with Peppy. Perhaps the long hours and hard work of the past few weeks were telling on him. He frowned and studied his cooling cough. Maybe what he needed was a vacation. God knew he hadn't taken one in three years. He might go back to Jacobsville, Texas, where he was born, visit his three brothers who were running the family business in his absence. He might go and try to face the past if he could. <laughs> I said, when do you want to leave? Been asking for the second time. About 9.30, he said, tossing down the rest of stuff. We don't want to get there too late for the parade. Are you sure you want both of us along? Peppy asked hesitantly. He got up and learned her. It's your father's birthday, of course, I'm sure. Edie and I will enjoy having company. After all, we're alone most of the time, as we will be tonight. And when I take her home, I know my share in her occasionally. Ben chuckled, but Peppy felt as if she'd been slept. Coming so close on the hills of Cece's door, it was painful to be reminded that he belonged to someone else. She got up and began to clear the table absently. Cece went out the door without looking back. He hated hurting her, never should have touched her. Peppy took her time dressing. She thought about wearing one of her colorful Mexican dresses for the parade, with their lavish embroidery so delicate against the bone white cotton and lace. But if Edie was going along, she might as well not bother to look feminine. Besides the blonde, she felt like an oversized tank, put on gray slacks and a bulky khaki top, tying her hair back in several ponytails and a severe ponytail. She looked terrible, she thought as she saw her reflection. Definitely leaving off makeup as well. Good. That showed CC turn my mind. What she thought of him, it did. He scrawled the side of her no less than her father had when she come downstairs. Where the hell what the hell happened to you? CC demanded. He changed too into a very becoming yellow knit designer shirt and tan slack. Creamy Stetson personal black hair. What do you mean? I look the way I always do, Peppy. You didn't look like that last night, he said accusingly. Last night I dressed up for Brandon, she said, staring back at him. You have Edie to dress up for you, she added meaningfully. Cece shifted his eyes uncomfortably. He deserved that. <laughs> Ready to go, Ben? He asked the older man, who was dressed casually himself. Just let me get my hat, he glanced at his daughter. You could have worn that Mexican dress just for me. I thought it looked just right for a, fist, a fiesta. It doesn't fit. She lied, averting her gaze from Susan. Besides, I look like a hippo in it. You don't look like a hippo, Cece he said arguably. My God, you stop harping on your weight. You're just right. At least you look like a woman. People don't have to stop and guess when you walk by. But he stared at him with raised eyebrows. He glared at her and turned away just as Ben joined him. She wondered if she was ever going to understand him. He was acting so completely erratic these days, like a man in love. She sighed. Probably it was just a matter of time before he and he tied him out, despite what he said at the breakfast table about not wanting to marry again. She turned, picking up her purse on the way out the door. Anyway, why would he look twice at her with someone as beautiful as he on his arm? He was waiting in CC's forward, looking bored and irritable. Finally, it's hot out here. Sorry, I had to find my hat. Ben mumbled as he put Peppy into the back seat and climbed in beside her. I didn't mean to sound like that, Ben. He purred. All smiles when Cece climbed in under the wheel and cracked the car. You know we're delighted to have you and Peppy with us today. Happy birthday.
Like, Rimset glanced at his daughter's quiet, sad face. She sat stiffly beside him, staring blankly out the window, beginning to get the picture about the way she felt. If she wasn't in love with Cece, she was given a good invitation of a woman who was. But on to the parade, Edie Muse checking her makeup in her compact dress. Want to borrow lipstick, Peppy? I didn't realize I'd rush to see that much. I'm not wearing any, Peppy replied. Well, thank you. Edie glanced at her and then turned. The parade was colorful, and there was a crowd. The day after September celebration was the annual observance of Mexico's independence from Spain. Mexico's Independence Day, Pepe always enjoyed the music and the floats and the carnival atmosphere, but today she was preoccupied. preoccupied. She put on a happy face for her father's benefit, hoping he wouldn't see through it. But Cece's obvious interest in Edie was killing her. He had a possessive arm around the lawn, and once he bit and kissed her hungrily and with Pepe and the rest of El Paso. Pepe turned away to buy a pinwheel from a passing vendor, glad for the diversion. She handed it to her father, deliberately keeping her eyes away from Cece. Happy birthday, Dad, she said gently and smiled. I've got your present at home. I thought you could have it with your cake after something. That will be a nice touch. She patted her. Sorry about this. Remember, not until an obvious Cece needed I should have refused. No, you shouldn't. It's your birthday, she smiled. It's for the best, you know. I was wearing my heart out on it. It's just as well that I have to face how he really feels. Dreams are sweet, but you can't build a future on You've been different lately, Peppy. Her father says, anything you want to tell me? A lot. She turned her eyes towards Susie. But first, I have to tell him something. I should have told him before, but it's not too late. The minute we get home, I'll make it all right. Then, she said with a rubric, I'm going to need a shoulder to cry on, I think. You're, you're in trouble, where you came with Father Asa. Not that kind you're thinking, no. She sighed and watched the face. It'll be all right, she said, trying to finish up. Just a little thing, just a minor inconvenience. She hoped Cece would see it like that. She did tell him today before she lost her nerve. And Edie were getting involved. Anybody could see that. She couldn't, in all good conscience, let him face a bigamy charge because of her own stubborn pride. Tonight, she'd tell him the truth and hope for the best. In this chapter 4.